hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now To the circle of the bank, case by Q, championship on the line, and our MMA podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of TV's when I have see. Of course, you saw my face last night, but I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. Alongside, of course, with the Familia, the greatest MMA podcast of all time. I know we're missing three more, but unfortunately, you know, they were not able to make it today. But at least we got two on me, compadres. Of course, I have. The man with the IQ that I wish Cyril Gotti would have had. Well, this man has. It has. Wait, 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 wait. Quick, quick impression for you. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That's right. Yes. That baby, ladies and gentlemen, cage my IQ. That is right. And of course, the director, the one himself, the one and only, ladies and gentlemen, Chris. By God, by God. The Oracle. I like the. Oh, I gotta turn that off. Let me turn this Twitch shit off real quick. That was uh for the band. There we go. <laughs> Don't go request forty-seven. That contest is over. We won the first round. Congratulations it's, to me. Well, speaking of that, we are actually on Twitch. As a matter of fact. Oh shit! What really? Yeah, yeah, don't yes. Yes. Oh, well, I, yeah. I never even. I never even thought about being on Twitch. Yes, Damn, I stuck are, in this job. Yes, we are on Twitch, and it's time. What's good, boys? Yes. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. We're right here, ladies and gentlemen. Also on the Bloodline Entertainment Network YouTube channel as well, besides Circle Debate. As you guys saw earlier, you had Roto Slappers earlier. Shout out to Streets, of course. Not a phenomenal job, but he did, of course, give it his MLB fantasy and, of course, tears. And everything was coming up in the Major League Baseball. And prior to that was Nick Dieter, of course, with Keith from the Universal Wrestling Podcast. They had a phenomenal show as they recap Revolution and Raw. And breaking down what's happening this week in the world of professional wrestling. But today we're not here about talking about professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk about what happened last Saturday, this past Saturday, and that is UFC 285. And that is John Jones versus Ciro Gane. That is right. It's Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. We are here for that event. I am excited for this recap. Man, it is. It's, I mean, Look, I, I did miss the first fight, but I did catch the second one. So you, you guys are gonna have to, you know, you know, break down the first one. So let's talk about it. Bring it up, Bakley. Bring it up the bring it to me, producer, since you're here taking my job today. And I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Bo Nichols, of course, fighting against Jamie Pickett. Of course, Bill Bo Nichols made his debut, of course, a while back, and now this is the first time that Pickett actually see, you know, intercount encounter with him for the first time. And here we go. Bo Nickel with the upset first round. Submission via arm triangle choke. Jesus. Would not expect that. And I'm pretty sure Pickett didn't expect either. So I'll take it to you, Bakley. 
give us your take on the first you know first fight of the night and your thoughts overall brother take it away before i do that we got a couple comments that just popped up we got clark street what's up fellas put the ones up we gotta do that and then we got streets who just went live a runner so just like you said did their first baseman next week they're doing their outfitters so keep an eye on that yes, he said yo what is up fellas gonna learn me some mma you're definitely going to tonight man we had a lot of uh crazy finishes here but this this fight didn't last long uh it lasted a couple of minutes basically there was a little bit of controversy involved i'll actually i just posted a picture right here let me get this one off because this tells the story of the fight here this oh, picture yeah. okay the the need to the to the groin and then the reaction after it because that's what led to the takedown that, oh, wow. that right on the inside of the thigh Yes, so totally like, caught him right in the hamstring. How about that? Because right away, the, right away, there was not a low blow. I'm glad there's photographic evidence. Yeah, because there was a, like the first couple of minutes was just a couple of trade backs between the two. Then of course, Bo Nickel did the signature run up, clinch up with them, and that's when he started to knee him a little bit, throw a little bit of elbows. But that was the knee that kind of did Jamie pick it in. He need him. You see the reaction. He got pulled down. The ref didn't do anything, or I guess he didn't see it. Yeah, if I got that, I, I would react like that, too. And then that's when he locked in the, the submission on him. I give Jamie, credit, uh, Jamie Pickett credit for how long he lasted, but he just couldn't uh, go on anymore. He had it tight. He eventually had the tap. Not very much more to talk about with this fight because it only lasted two, three minutes, I believe it was. And the big thing with it is just the, the low blow here with me. Uh, I felt like he would have gotten him down anyway, but that just, it was just bad luck for Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel gets the victory. He gets that first win under his belt. And now we get to see what he can do afterwards because of the prodigy uh, status that they built on him because of the, the grappling sensation that he is. Uh, he, they compare him to Gordon Ryan with how big he is in the grappling scene. Uh, but that's really all that much I have to say about it because of how short it lasted. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, director. Floor is yours in that one, my brother. Uh, I did not watch a replay of that knee, but that photo shows me that it landed on the inside thigh, not in the groin. Um, but again, that's just a photo. Uh, I'd love to watch the replay from several angles before I have a solid opinion. Uh, the big question I have for this fight was, what, what was up with that uh, Cal Uno flying kick that Bo tried to throw in the beginning? Like, I mean, I'm sure there was a plan for it if it landed because Bo doesn't isn't afraid of getting taken down. But like, I mean, all right. Besides that, this was not an upset in my opinion or a surprise as far as the technique goes. This is how Bo wins fights. So nothing about this fight surprised me besides opening up with that weird flying kick that didn't land. But maybe he wanted to end up on his back anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, tough loss for Jamie Pickett. The dude's welcoming this hype. Not a hype. A hype train implies that there's more than just talent to Bo. And uh, this is his, his free. He doesn't even get a prelim fight, which is amazing. Um, I can't wait to see who he fights next. I don't think this is getting run back. I think Jamie Pickett's corner crew is trying to appeal this. That's not going to happen. Only two appeals have ever been through. Um, and they were both by Mike England, uh, a referee who I think no longer has a job, thank God. So interested in seeing who they put Bo up against next. 
and uh, I can see him back on the main card or even headlining a fight night. Yeah, I think uh, the, the reason he threw it is he's always trying to find different ways to push his opponent back because right. that's when it's easiest to get the takedown. He has a big-time Penn State wrestling background, so he focuses everything on that and then the jiu-jitsu side. So he's always trying to just throw different uh, looks at his opponent, and that's very crazy of a look to throw at him. You know, Jamie Pickett's going to be like, what the hell is going on here? But it, right. it did the job, though. Yeah, it was high risk, no reward. That's for damn sure. But I mean, it didn't pay off. He just recovered mm. well. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to let the director take over. I just needed to do that one because I didn't see that fight. Yeah. I did see the rest of them. So take it away, director. Break it yeah. down for us. Um, the next, one. next fight of the night, we have Mateus Gamrod versus Jalen Turner. Um, this was an action-packed fight. Uh, I can't remember a particular sequence that blew me away or that I could highlight. Like, oh, I love that sequence, whatever. Um, split decision makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't have been mad if they gave it to Jalen, but I was not disappointed if they gave it to Mateus. Um, I'm going to look up the lightweight rankings real quick. And neither one of them, Mateus is seven. Okay, so he doesn't have any movement on his rankings. And I don't see Turner moving either. Um, and I think these update these are updated rankings as of today. So, what's um, next for Mateus? Yeah, they I mean, updated. Yeah, no, they, they are updated. updated them, right. Yeah, I, I think I intended to say they have definitely been updated, and I don't see any movement in the lightweight rankings, regardless of this fight. So I'm assuming Jalen was ten and Gamrot was seven before this fight, and they just stayed there, uh, yeah. especially considering everyone above Gamrot have besides Fizev, who I think they want him to. Fight is that the call out was uh or is he his team teammate? There was some call out where he I think he wants Fizev in UK or he's gonna go corner him and his corner can't get beat. It might be him. it might be in his corner because uh, uh, yeah because he says something like his, his corner his corner can't get a visa to UK or he can't get a visa to UK to support his teammate. I think that's what it was. Yeah, because Fiziev is in the co-main event uh, right. next yeah, yeah. week. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um. So, yeah, everyone else in that ranking department is booked up right now. Chandler's got Connor. Benil, I think, has uh, Charlie Olives. I think I think I even heard rumor that Gaethje's booked up. Is he fighting? Yeah, Gaethje, he's fighting Fizzive. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, Saturday. No movement in this in this, in this this rankings just because everyone um, is booked and Gamrod didn't beat anybody above him who has a fight. So, good enough fight. Uh, yeah, pretty much all I got on that one. Yeah, I mean, I view my take very brief the same. Likewise, to be honest, I mean, but it, it, it you know, Gamrod, I mean, he impressed me. Uh, they both did a great job. Uh, I still feel that, uh, like how you mentioned, I mean, it, you know, I, I didn't realize until you mentioned it right now, director, looking at the looking at the ranks. Yeah, there's no movement at all. So it's it's ah, uh, I, I can't really can predict what the you know what's next for these two individuals. I mean, for Gamrod mainly, you know, because. He's at what number seven, he right? Up. He can't yeah, move up. He can't he literally move up, cannot move up like maybe another six months to a year, unless you Jesus. take someone. Unless you take someone who's um, fighting behind him, but that wouldn't move him up in the rankings. So you know, yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. But I mean, like I said, it was a it was a great you know fight overall. I, I really enjoyed it. I really can't mean it much. Say so you pretty much broke it down, brother. I can't really add on nothing much to it. That's why you're the director, baby. That's why you're the director. Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's how 
little blobs there. You hang on there. Take it away, Bakley. Man, this was a 50-50 fight. That's why the split decision, I thought it was the right way to go. Whether what Gambrot or Turner, you really could have flipped the coin because it was all about the sequences and the like short periods of time in between each each round of the of this fight, uh, of course. He had moments where Jane Turner was obviously getting the better of uh, Gamera on the feet, but then every every time he tried to get momentum on the feet and then he would land a good shot, he'd be taken down or pushed against the cage, and then Gamera would just push him up against there, control him, or take him to the ground. But then, to me, like a lot of the time, he was holding him, but he wasn't doing that much of anything other than controlling him on the mat, whereas Turner was just laying those elbows from the back, laying those uh, fist punches. So he was still getting volume on on the ground, whereas Gamrot wasn't. If you look at the stats, every round, Jaden Turner out-volumed Gamrot. It's just that the the control time was, of course, like two rounds in the first round, two rounds in the second round, three, ra- three minutes in the third round. It was like... And it brings back the same old thing that we talk about each week. What's worth more, grappling, the control time, or the volume from the other guy? Because it's like both these guys had their stake of why they should have won it. You had the volume mature, and then you had the rest on and takedowns with the control time, which was a pretty important part of the fight because he kept neutralizing Turner on the mat. And Turner, that's the one thing he needs to improve on is his get-ups because he couldn't get up. He's yeah, a tall guy. That's one thing you read about that. And he has great striking. He just doesn't have that, that good of get-ups. He got up once or twice towards the end, but he wasn't able to amount any offense once he got up. But I still thought that was a great fight. But I think I think he he came out a, a better fighter in that because he was tested by Gamera. He can use this even in a loss to come back stronger and to work on that weakness that he has. And then Gamrot, it was more so just taking a fight so he wasn't that like sitting on the sidelines that long. He was going to be waiting a while to get a guy ahead of him, so he took a chance to get, take a guy behind him, and he took it on short notice. That's another thing. Uh, mm. Turner was preparing for Hooker, and then Hooker goes down with a broken arm, so then Gamrot comes in. Yeah. So I thought it was good for both guys at, in the long run. Split decision, I'm okay with it either way. It's just they need okay. to figure out what to do with the judging. So so that's why you explain that 30-27 because of the takedowns is the reason why they gave Gamrod 30-27 because of that main nature of the reason. Because he had four takedowns. And, of course, you know how you mentioned that, you know, Turner really, you know, had more of the signature strikes, you know, throughout the whole yeah. three rounds. So I'm not gonna. So I, it kind of makes sense. That's why I wasn't a question, you guys. Is that the reason why they gave that thirty twenty seven the other judge? Which I mean, uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, is that really like what that is? The I mean, you guys, you know, more knowledge than yeah. me when it comes to judging. So that's it, it, technically like how a split should be then. Technically, like especially with the last judge, judge being thirty twenty seven, and like go back and me see. I want to see what was the yeah, question. yeah. So then you, you got, got 20, 28, 20, 28, 29. But 3027, that's what exactly. That's yeah, what I'm exactly. like. Well, fucking judges, man. Like, I don't fucking get it. I just don't get this shit. Shout out to Tom Brocast, the future in Australia, baby. He's live watching this live from Australia. Because uh, oh, I'll, I'll see if I can bring it up because I have the exact 
I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I'm looking at the exact, you know, the stats. And but it just it's mind-boggling to me that how the fuck that this will it's just 3027. I, I don't know, director. You tell me how I, I do you get that? I don't get it. There's like, always I'm the devil's advocate as far as like strikes without damage and takedown without control should be scored the same way. Okay, if, I'm that's just, that's who I am. I think that if you can get taken down and then get back up, you still got taken down. Even if you do get back up quickly, you, you know, your ass is to the seats. So that should be points. And then whether or not that's equal to a jab that doesn't do any damage, I I mean, I'm sure one of them hurts more than the other. I've never been punched squaw in the face, but I've been taken down and it's humiliating. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure getting punched in the fucking face in front of millions of people is too. So Hell yeah. Broke, you know, broke my I nose just, twice. Oh, damn, damn, baby. Baby. <laughs> he does not have Yeah, I just wanted to bring this up. No worries, no worries. Uh, I, yeah, the, the judges are right here. So what matters, what matters, but doesn't matter is go back down. down. Go back um, down right quick. Just let me see the whole thing real quick. Strike percentage number, Mateus, Mateus. Okay, so the judging yeah. does not look at these. That's unfortunate they don't look at fight metrics, but if we're talking about are the strikes more than the takedowns, then if that's true, the Mateus still won. Because look at that strike percentage. How many yeah. punches? Volume doesn't matter. It's how many. You get, like Nick Diaz, he can throw a 1,000 punches, but if he lands two, yeah. That's a low percentage unless one of those knock you out. Mateus had more strikes landing or more percentage of them. But yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. The takedown argument is irrelevant. His percentage was much higher. The, the, the one thing where I question is if you look at round one, that one judge gave it to Jalen, uh, gave it to Matus Gamrot, but Jane Turner knocked him down, got the knockdown, had the more significant strikes, and outlanded him. And but he, he did get controlled on the mat for two minutes and right, 26 but seconds. But he, landed, he landed 12 of 31. That's a 38% strike landing. Mateus landed 9 of 14. That's 64. That one knockdown might even be balanced out by that 9 of 14. But, again, it's irrelevant. They're not looking at this. So our argument is based on what we see. And, yes, we did yeah. see more punches, and we did see a knockdown. So if I was a judge in perspective, yeah, that first round would go to Jalen, and that is essentially why I think the split decision is not crazy. Yeah. Oh right, Brian, the chosen one is here. Hey, Cramps Heretic wants to offer a spam and fake views and troll accounts to our to our to our dogahype.com. I don't think we will. No, we're good. <laughs> oh, what's going on, Tim? That's right, Tim King Show, baby. Find your podcast in there. All right, so let's. All right, director, what do we got next? Oh, uh, is there a graphic for the next one? I, I can switch before. Yes. Yeah, I believe you. Oh shit, we have got Shavkat Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal. This is the toughest fight of either of their careers, in my opinion. Um, and Shavkat came out of that fight looking none the worse for wear. For the war he had just been in, he didn't look like he had stepped outside of his house for this fight. <laughs> yes. But that does not that does not mean that Jeff Neal wasn't putting it on him the whole fight. It took him 14 minutes and, what, 38 seconds or somewhat to even get close to finishing him and even almost getting finished himself. This fight was back and forth. Um, I Yeah, fight of the night for damn sure. So Dana White did a lot of important things in this fight that I love Dana White for. I don't care. People don't like Dana White. I, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to S the D of the man. He does things and I'm like, yeah, I don't really think that was a good decision. But for the most part, he does things and I'm like, that's fucking great. Jeff Neal didn't make weight, got his bonus money. Fight didn't go all three rounds. They both got their bonus money. 
that is the right thing to do for this fucking fight. Totally. The problem now is that Shavgat is such a fucking demon in that department that no one ranked higher than him is going to find it worth to fight him. Chemayev is not going to fight him. Chemayev is in a position where he does not want to lose that position to a guy ranked higher than him, to a guy that is as tough as he is. Yep. Chemayev is going to, I'm not saying cherry pick a fight because he only does take tough fights, but he is at more risk of losing his position to this guy than anybody in a position higher than him. As for Jeff Neal, this is not a career uh, <laughs> setback at all. The weight cutting may have been, but not the yeah. fight, not the loss in itself. I uh, can't wait to see what's, both, what's next for both of them. Uh, I think Shafkot did move up to number seven off the top of my head. Uh, I can look it up right now. Yeah, he made up three spots. So, yeah, technically yeah. he's right now Perfect. at six. He's at six. This is, this yeah. is six. Right weight or Walter, is Walter weight? Walter yeah. Well, he's yeah. six. Look at that. So everybody above him is either booked. I mean, give him Bilal Muhammad. Fuck it. Bilal's, Bilal gets that final shot. I mean, he needs it. He deserves it. Absolutely agree with that. But, I mean, Kamzat's not going to fight him. Kamaro's booked up. I think it's Kobe and – Kobe's booked up, right? Or is he getting called no. out? No. no he's he's getting, he got called out by, by – did, did, did you, did you yeah. see, uh, that, like, once uh, he got called out, everybody blew up uh, Kobe's uh, Twitter, and he got, like, 250 uh, – Yeah. Post in the matter of like 20 minutes. So unless they throw a fat sacks of cash of that Trump money towards Kobe, I think the fight to make right now, honestly, is going to be <laughs> it's going to be Shafkot in, in Wonder Boy. That would be a fight. That would be a great fight. Uh, I would love to see that main event of fight night. Um, it's not going to main event a pay per view, and this fight was already the first non title fight of the night below the co main. So I don't see a position on the card any better than main event in uh, fight night between him and Wonder Boy. Mm hmm. Mm, man, this was the fight of the night, man. Incredible. I, I got to give it to Neil, too. He did whatever he could do to stay in the game pretty much this three rounds of fight. That And Jesus, man, Rock. Here's one thing that I am concerned of, Rock. Maybe you guys could you guys probably debate how I feel about it, but it's just my opinion. My concern with him is his, his defense, his defense. I think it's just... That's where I'm, my my concern is with him. The, for him to call out Kobe Covington, I'll say straight out right now. I feel this guy could probably beat Kobe Covington. I feel like he yeah. can. I don't think I that's mean, a, I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. I think it could be. I think it could be anybody. To be honest. Ah oh, man, but like you know how director mentioned about Shemaya, but I didn't realize that like, he's at number three. Yeah, man, that'll be a badass fight. But the thing is, it would I think be a great fight. Is, but Shemaya, he, he's even. I mean, he still hasn't even decided he's moving up to welterweight. Or middleweight, I'm sorry. That's still like very real possibility. I don't know what the negotiation process is. I don't know if he's waiting for a paycheck or opponent. I think I, I if correct if I'm wrong, I think we did talk about this a while back, if you recall director, but I think he's waiting for the winner between Edwards and Usman. I think he's waiting for the winner of that. So see who yeah, I would too. I fucking would too. If that was he was expecting Usman to beat Edwards, and then Edwards came back and won, and that put a wrench in the whole right. plan. Yeah, because Jamar hasn't fought since that uh, Kevin Holland fight, which was, I mean, a while no, no. ago. He, he fought Gilbert Burns. That was oh. that was after the Kevin Holland fight. I believe it was. I don't believe so. I think that came in the no, no, it's Kevin Holland because it's supposed to be Nate Diaz, and then that got switched around. Well, you know, he, no, yeah, he fought. Nate oh Diaz yeah, last fight, right? Last fight was was against Nate Diaz. That was the last. No, one. Jamar, you never even right? fought that guy. Kevin Holland has to be Kevin Holland. 
Oh, no, oh, I, I got it. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. They switch yeah. it because they have nobody, nobody, nobody fishing with Tony Ferguson. Or Kim you're right, you're right. No, you're right, you're right. Because nobody yeah. didn't wait. Kevin Holland, December, December. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah right. Jeff was almost a fucking year ago. So this guy's only fought, I mean, he fought three times every year up until uh, this year where he hasn't fought at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, that's fine for for Chimaev to wait for that winner, which is great. And maybe how uh, you said, director, like you know, you could put Rock maybe versus you know, look at that. Dude. Yeah, Muhammad. Rock and one away for sure. Yeah, one away, and then he'll oh, probably I mean, yeah. is, is Burns booked? But I feel like Burns is booked too. He's uh, playing mess, but all right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, this is another. This is another situation they're having with Mateus. It's like everybody above him is already booked up, so just give him the one guy lower than him. Which I think he would. I mean, that Thompson fight. God damn, that would be that'd be like Scorpion versus Ryu. Yeah, but I enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. That's the only my concern that I have with this guy is just really more, you know, his defense because he may have a chin now, but coming down the line, he ain't gonna have a chin anymore anymore. So that's where I'm really concerned because he took a couple of hits from Neil that really was kind of scary. It was like, oh shit, this could be yeah. a, you know a game changer, you know, throughout the fight. But you know, of course, Rock came, you know, came back overall with his counter strike punches. Incredible work by kudos to these two fighters, man. And they did a, an incredible job. And they stole the show. I mean, yeah, they did. They stole the whole the whole pay-per-view. Fighter of the night, how you said, kudos to Neil to still getting his bonus, even though he didn't make weight, you know. But hey, he well deserved. That man deserves that fifty thousand dollar bonus. He better get that shit. Not all right. Dana White, what's wrong with you? But yes, I'm glad he got it. So yeah, that's my that's my take on it. But the only thing like I said, the only thing I'm worried about, you know, the future of this man Rock is his defense, and he needs to really protect that chin, and you know, he needs to work on that a lot. So that's my concern, you know, with him. But overall, he's great. I think he's great. He he's going to be the feature in that division. So go ahead, Bakley. Cool. Yeah, man. I, I think uh, Jeff Neal has kind of reached his ceiling in the division. Uh, he's basically like a one-strike uh, opponent where he has the boxing, he has the hands, very quick, very quick movement. He has the power. He just never uses his legs. He throws like his leg, leg kicks once or twice. So it's kind of like you know what's coming after you if you game plan for his hands. Like when you get that high up in the rankings – you're going to have guys that are multitasking and talented, and they know how to defend against that. And basically what Shavkat did was he threw a lot to the body. He threw a lot to the legs. He tried to slow down Neil. He was just hitting him a lot. He was just pouring in the volume. You did not get in right where you said the one thing that he needs to work on is his defense because Neil was still countering him with those overshots, and he was landing on him. And right now he has a chin, but he needs to work on getting his hands up. Because shaft cats always – the fighters do that a lot where they keep their hands down because it's easier to throw a punch and then bring it back down than throw a punch down and then try and go up. It's just the, the motion is easier when you want to be more offensive than trying to be defensive in a fight. And that's what Shavkat does. He tries to throw a lot. He tries to transition uh, – from the head, body, and all the way down to hit you because he's trying to slow you down because he has power. He just doesn't use it all the time. And he tries to wear you out. And I've noticed the last couple of fights, he tries to wear you out. 
and then he tries to get you down and submit you. It's like he's he's trying to do that instead of just going out there and have a game plan to finish the opponent whatever way. It seems like he's trying to beat opponents a certain way to prove a point uh, without even talking. We said it before. He, him and Shemaev are like the same guy. It's just that he is Shemaev without the Twitter account. Because he doesn't, he doesn't talk, and then you and you guys are bringing up him and Shemaev. I don't think it's Shemaev wouldn't take the fight. I think Dana White doesn't want to book it because he wants that to be a title fight. He he's saving that. Like you got them at three and five. His hope is is the winner of uh, Usman Edwards uh, fights Shemaev, and then Shavkat book him either book him against uh, Colby if he comes back from his injury, or book him against. Uh, like you said, Stephen Thompson, and then if he wins that, shoot him to the moon to, uh, against the winner of Shamayev and then the the, ch- the champ who faces Shamayev, because he's trying to find the best bounce possible to put on fights, and people are going to tune into that just because it's two undefeated fighters that are hungry, that have finishes under the belt, but they're the same, but then they go about things differently, which is crazy. When you look at both of them, and they're, they're both tall for the division, Shavkat could put on weight, and then he could move up the middleweight, uh, just like Shemaev would. And you, he could he could compete there. It's just that right here is perfect because he has the height at welterweight. He has the hand speed. He has the leg speed. He has the grappling, which is like very underrated uh, part of his game. Uh, if you look, look right here at how he finished uh, Jeff Neal, it's just crazy to think that he gets him to the back and he just squeezes it. You see all the blood on his face. Yeah, he, he was just exhausted. They both were, but it's like that. Like Jeff Neal just doesn't have the same type of skills as Shavkat. Shavkat can beat you at all levels, whereas Jeff Neal is really just about the speed and the boxing. It's just that he's very good at that, those two things that it made him such a good competitor. And that's why you've seen kind of like that win-loss record that he has. Right. And why he's always been at that 7 to 12 range in, in the welterweight division because he can't get over the, the hump against these certain uh, top five guys that can game plan against it. But it, just like you guys said, this was fighting the night. I loved every minute of it. I thought Javcat was going to get him out early, but Jeff Neer really impressed me with his guts and just and not giving up in the fight. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. What do we got next, director? What do we got next, baby? First title fight of the night. First heartbreak of the year. All right. So <laughs> your heartbreak of the year, but mine was great. <laughs> Yours now, was a okay. heartbreak. But go ahead. Sorry. I've had time to think about it, and a lot of a lot of I still feel the way that I feel, but I've never I don't not feel proud. Absolutely. This is the sport. This is the beauty of the sport. Um, of course, Alexa is a homegirl. I'm a huge Invicta fan. I used to go to every Invicta event on the West Coast before they started to reside in just Kansas City. I've seen Alexa fight. To see her come from the ranks of that company to now champion, it's a beautiful thing. I thought that Alexa started off in the first round pretty strong, stronger than I thought she would start off. But then I believe Valentina started to kind of find her her targets, her range. She recalibrated the aim. And I'm like, okay, this is where the pick-apart game comes in. This is the footwork. This is the 25 years of kickboxing. And that was kind of how the fight went for the next eight to ten minutes. 
Um, Valentino wasn't exactly dominating or crushing Alexa, but I do believe that after those first couple of minutes in the fight, Valentina definitely was in a flow state for a while. Um, and then round four started. And it was more of the same. I was like, okay, this is going to be a points fight. I'm cool with that. It's going to get someone who I'm rooting for with Valentina the win. And in retrospect, watching the training footage of Alexa Grosso after the fact hit that back take from the spin wheel kick. Holy fucking shit, this training matter and coaching matters and reviewing tape and studying your opponent pay off. We saw it with Connor where he said that he just saw the way Aldo would look at his left hand and he would just dip it and throw it. And then it came to fruition. We saw the same thing with Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. People were like, lucky flying knee. He knew he was a rest, blah, blah, blah. And then you see the training footage of him throwing that thing. And I was like, ah, motherfucker. I didn't think this was a lucky back take. I thought it was a sloppy Weidman-esque spinning back kick that Weidman had thrown against Luke Rockhold when he got his back taken and then taken down and then smashed and lost his middleweight title. I take that back too because Valentina is not Chris Weidman. Valentina has thrown that kick a million times. Weidman's only thrown that kick one time, and that was in a real fight with a real champion. It was, in my opinion, ill timing. I'm not going to be an armchair quarterback and tell Valentina that she – doesn't know what she's doing, but I do think that the distance was too close for her to throw that kick. Her back was up against the cage, and I believe Alexa was on the outside, which would have been inside technically of the, the black line that borders the inside of the octagon. Too close of a range. For someone who was already preparing to counter that with a back take, it was right there. It was just like, give me a big old fat hug. Yeah. <laughs> give me a hug! <laughs> <laughs> she had that thing in for a while. I don't know exactly how long it was, but it had to have been a minute, maybe more. It was drama. I was like, no way. I was watching Valentina. I was waiting for her to two-on-one hand control. <laughs> it wasn't slipping under the chin. It was more across the face. That's the finish of the fight. So leading up to that moment, it wasn't. I wasn't as – I was nervous, but I wasn't like, okay, she fought for this. Alexa, do you have a picture of the, the tan lines after the fact? No, I don't. Uh, I was looking no for it. Uh, it's yeah. on it. I got it. I can grab it. Uh, but uh, this wasn't even a rear naked choke. It's listed as a neck crank, which is what it was, because it was not under the throat. It was on the jawline, pushing everything yeah. there straight back. And once I find the graphic of that, um, yeah, absolutely a disappointing loss because I was rooting for Valentina. I love a dominant champion. I love a classic champion. I love a girl who is a fighter, no less who's a warrior who takes a lot of pride in her work and makes the sport look good for everybody watching it. Alexa just capitalized on something she had trained to see coming. And I just, she just got it. And this wasn't some weird thing in my opinion, like when Pena beat Nunez, this may be an upset in the same sense, but this wasn't weird things that can be blamed on your home life that affected the gym that affected Pena tapping you without even having the choke in. This was a tactical takedown with a very aggressive neck crank that stopped the fight. And we have a new champ, and Mexico has three belts. And Tim lost money on it. Tim lost 134. Okay. So check this out. To get you back, my friend, my friend Chad, he put $1 down on this fight. He won 136 bucks. He took Tim's money. Yeah, I have the chat. He's like, I want a hundred. 
because him and it was him and Jones. If you put a dollar down, or, or, or it was Grosso and Jones. If you put a dollar down, you won one hundred thirty-six bucks, which means the over/under was like one. You know, and wow, sorry Tim, that sucks. I lost twenty at least racy one, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had I had a friend about Tina Jones one hundred thirty-six to win one twenty. Okay, he did part of That's crazy. Okay. And here's oh the, my uh, god. You can see the tan line. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. All the, blood, all the blood from her brain couldn't escape lower, and none of the brain, the blood below could go higher. That's just bad news. I don't blame Valentina for, for tapping. She she did fight that joke. She didn't <laughs> give up. She did not want to lose this fight, obviously, and she showed it. But Alexa did want to win it, and she proved it. Mexico's got three belts. How cool is that, Ivan? Ole, 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 that's right, three belts. And somebody threw up their vegan burrito because he saw that. He's like, "What the fuck?" And I put it. I was watching the entire. I was watching the entire submission sequence like this. I'm like, "No fucking way!" Yeah, baby, yeah. And then, was... when he, and then when he posted the picture, I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm not. I'm not mad at it. You know, you just no. you, you root for one fighter in every fight. You know, some fighters I don't. Some fights I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. Baby, you're more. you're Miklo, baby. You're our Miklo. You're the Miklo. He's supposed to be on our side. What are you talking about? Hey, to, be uh, to be fair, let's be fair, man. We both know that Valentina speaks <laughs> better Peruvian than a lot of Peruvian people. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Uh, you're right. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's well embedded in the Latino community. I promise you. I know. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, what an upset! And you nailed it right in the coffin, right through. Like for her to. She got caught. I mean, and not only that, just seeing Grasso training for that itself, too. Because I guess you could, like how you mentioned, that's pretty much Shevchenko's signature kind of move. And she got caught. She was throwing, she was throwing black mass. She was throwing the high spinning wheel kick. Yeah. She threw it twice. And the first time she threw it early, way too early, in my opinion, for the fight, but that's kind of it's a good tactic. Yeah. I think it was within the first two minutes. She set it up, though, but she set it up and threw it. I was like, oh. That was fucking shit. Grasso probably heard the wind from that kick. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, she yeah. knew spinning shit was coming. She's like, oh, this is perfect. This is what we want her to do is get comfortable with the spinning shit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, kudos to even to Grasso too, but just, you know, handling, of course, the first three rounds because, you know, Shevchenko, to be honest with you, like she was kind of more, majority of that time was dominating, you know, after the second round and the third round. But Grasso, you know, held her ground and, you know, Try to counter as much as she can, and of course, you know, as well throwing some counter strikes. But I already thought it was gonna be like how you the same, likewise, director. I feel like this wasn't a goal towards you know decision. Uh, it looks like the majority of it was gonna go to Shevchenko like unanimously, but did not expect this to happen. I'm trying to look for the time, like how long was that, you know, that face crack was, yeah, right? For? From I'm the initial from the take to the tap, I think it was, yeah. I think it was 30 wow. 30 seconds. I think that's what it was because it was for a while and she tried to play this. It felt like for ever. Yeah. It felt it like did. more like a minute and a minute and I would say like at least a minute and five. I feel like maybe so. I, I don't think it's. I really got to look into that because it's like yeah. wow. Uh, I and kudos to Shimacheko for withstanding it for so long, and she, yeah, she tried for sure. She tried to get out of it, man, but there was no way that face crank. Man, have you ever been in that position in real life? Honestly, that shit hurts because you're 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 exhausted. Your exhaustion is being pressured with your bone. I'd rather just go to sleep. I've I've definitely been tapped out doing rear naked choke. I'd rather go to just just go unconscious. Yeah, me too. I'd rather not fight it. I was 
right, put me to sleep. <laughs> all right, put me to sleep. All right, nap time. Nap, nappy time. And that's what happened when nappy time was not receiving one nap. She just, you know, didn't want to pass out. She literally yeah. was up. But man, kudos to Grosso, baby. That's right. Three titles, baby. Three MMA fighters from Mexico. That's right. Cero Miedos. But still, I'm and Dana White, they asked me the post conference. So, what are the plans? Are you excited now that you have three, you know, Mexican fighters who are now UFC champions? Uh, of what I'm hearing, I guess you correct me if I'm wrong, director. I, I don't know if I've heard right or not. He's trying to plan something by the end of the year, having it in Mexico. So that's the game. That's the goal to have these three contenders fight for those. That's gonna be a stacked card, bro. That's never happening. There's no reason this this matches money. This and if, if Valentina wins and you go to the rubber match, god damn it, that's uh that's a that's a big time fight right there. Yeah, and it's good to see new blood at the top of this division for sure. Yeah, uh, not, like I said, I love a champion, I love a long reigning dominant champion. Um, but this is this is fun for sure. Oh man, definitely, and it'll be fun to see. Like you see those three fighters in the same card in Mexico. I mean, you're gonna have Rodriguez fighting Mokonowski. He's gonna have to because I mean that that's was what's supposed to be, right? Who does Moreno fight in that card too? Like I'm just trying to look at the rankings. Who does Moreno will fight in that card? I mean, what do you put him against? Again, rematch against Carcar France, or would you? What I mean, we don't need to see another rematch. Uh, Kaikar, I think is. I think Kaikar is booked. He's booked, right? So what? You put him against uh, Alexander Pantoja or Brandon Royvel, or I mean, those are like I'm looking there's at the rankings. Of, there's a lot of good yeah, fighters there. Yeah, there's a lot of like rematches, but the the name that sticks out would be Alexander Pantoja there at number two. He's the guy to go. Figueredo moved the bantamweight. He's they're linking uh, Figueredo to fight in Dominic Cruz right now, so he's gone. Uh, so. He fought Kai Car France already, uh, of course. They just had that banger of a fight last year. I believe he fought Brandon Royval, and and then Pantoja, I think, beat him already, yeah. uh, like a couple of years ago. So that would be the, the the fight to make is that rematch since Pantoja is coming in hot. Of course, he was the guy that was the alternate for the fight between Moreno and Figueroa in case somebody didn't make weight and they had to replace him. He was there already, and he's the first to congratulate Moreno. So he's the guy that you would book him against. Mm, okay. All right. Well, that, well, that goes my take, man, for what I can say, man. Congratulations to Alexa Grasso. Felicidades. Te queremos mucho. And also, big shout-out to all the women who are watching or listening. Happy International Women's Day for all. Thank you for that's why I'm wearing the purple for that reason, for y'all. Because of that, thank you. And also, this is the director's favorite color. I got a couple depending on my mood. Couple, couple. Hey, that's but, it's one of my favorite guitar colors. That's for damn right. <laughs> that's right. That is right. But happy International Women's Day to all of you guys. Thank you so much for all the women who loves MMA or any others, anything you love, and we uh, we commend you and we appreciate you. Thank you, and especially these two great women right here, great fighters that did a you know fantastic you know job. For this performance, even you know, especially for Gross's performance, kudos to her, man. Yeah, Mexico. That's <laughs> go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Yeah, I won't waste too much time. You guys hit the nail on a lot of the, uh, the coffin here with, with this matchup. Just Shevanko, I felt like controlled the pace. Uh, she has the great movement because of being uh, like trained as a ballerina. It allows her to move certain ways where she could go in and out flawlessly. 
so her opponents can't touch her as quickly as like a normal fighter would. She was piecing her up. She was being. She was able to tra uh, to transition down, take her down. I like the fact though that Alexa Grasso. I'll say like like in last fight, she never gave up. She was throwing every time Valentina would throw at her. She would throw at least one uh, strike back at her, and she was just showing her, "I'm still here. I'm not giving up. I'm gonna come after you every time you come after me." And she was just grinding, and that. That back kick, it just gets me every time because I see that all the time at that spot. And it's just like that's a spot where you want to throw it in the middle of the cage because then you have all that opening. So if they catch it somehow or move, you got room to move around. You throw it there. It's like a high-risk, high-reward like a high risk, high reward situation where you can land it and it works out for you because your opponent can't move away. But if you miss it or they catch it and then they take the back of you, you really don't have that much space to go in unless you go backwards. And when she got the back, it's like if you go back backwards, it's going to benefit Grasso more than it's going to benefit you. So I felt like it was the wrong placement for the kick. I could, I could go both ways. You can say Alexa Grasso, high IQ there to know that I was coming to get behind her, to take her and then grab her down to the mat. But then low IQ there for Valentina, for throwing it at a spot since she, just like Chris said, she threw it several times, those spin kicks several times. And it was just a matter of time that she would throw one at the wrong spot and it would get held against her. But congrats to Alessa Grasso, just pulling that out, getting that from the clutches of the feet and then just cranking that. It was just bad. Like, like he showed, she was just so red up top and white on the bottom but she didn't give up until she had to at the last second. But, geez, this was a great victory here for Alexa Grasso. You're going to have the three champs. They showed a clip of Brandon Marino afterwards congratulating her, saying Viva Mexico. He was telling the reporter, he was like, oh, we're going to get all three of us in to represent Mexico. We're going to get that uh, triple title uh, pay-per-view. We're going to make it happen. And then he congratulated all of our coaches and everything. They had a good moment there. It sucks. Yair Rodriguez wasn't there, so you could have the three of them and have them all take a picture with the belts. That, awesome. that would that would have been a great moment there. But I think we're going to get that towards the end of the year. That would be a perfect thing uh, uh, for, like, fall, but for, like, a fall, like, September, October fight card that you get all three of them on the card there. What I see next – I. I could see a rematch between these two with how it ended. It should I be. See, I think, honestly, yeah. there's, honestly, there's nobody else in that. I mean, who else? I would. Well, you, you, you got two people. I mean, you but got Tanya, I, I would, but I think actually, Tanya should actually, wait. Actually, you got three people, uh, but I, I like this rematch more. You got Taya Santos. Her coaches can't come to the U.S., so anything that she fights has to be international. You got Manon Faro, who has been inactive for a few months. And then you got Aaron Blanchfield, who just had a big win uh, a couple of weeks ago that shot her all the way up to three. Three years old. Yeah. I could see a situation where you have the rematch here, and then you get Blanchfield versus Manon Ferro to see who is uh, gets shot up to that number one spot after this, this rematch happens. Because I feel like there's not going to be an international fight where you could place Tyo Santos there for a title fight unless you book up against one of these people in Abu Dhabi because they're going to be going to Abu Dhabi in the next couple months in June, I believe. 
So if they do that, you could book Santos against Blanchfield and get that out there, or Blanchfield against Faroe, then you know, just one of those matchups there. But the, this division up there has kind of gained uh, a lot of depth up at the top to where you can have all these mix and matches mm-hmm. for the title upcoming just because of where this has landed. Grasso winning, you got Shevchenko getting the t- uh, title rematch, and then you got these three contenders at three, four, and five that all have their stake to get a, a title shot in the future. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take us home, director. What have we got? The main event of the nights. Not a lot can be said that we didn't think was going to happen, in my opinion. Um, if what Francis Ngannou, a guy who had only been wrestling for that training camp, well, I guess technically he kind of wrestled for that meet Miocic rematch. He started his wrestling there, <laughs> but put it fully on display versus Gon. Can do what he did to Gon, a kickboxer with minimal wrestling versus a kickboxer. Imagine what one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of the sport could do to a guy who has zero wrestling training. And that's what we got. Uh, we had Jones using his beautiful footwork to get inside. He kept his range. Uh, he used his oblique kick, his jabs. I think he threw one fainted spinning leg kick, which he didn't land. Um, and then as soon as they got him back up against the cage, gone through with like a left hook, and Jones took him down. Leg rode him with his back against the cage. And then you showed me the Cejuda footage. Yes. And that footage, along with the Grosso footage, somebody paralleled the two clips. So you watch Cejudo breaking down the technique of the finish while they're showing the footage of the fight, and everything is note for note, exactly what Jones had done. That is why Jones trains in look-see-do. It's kinesthetic training. Essentially, you see someone do it, then you go do it, and then you do it. Um, I, I don't uh, – <sighs> Coach, coach, I love you, man. But Jones has to go. You can't. I can't. I'm sorry. That's all. I don't know what else to say. And what's next for Jones? I Miocic has to happen. I don't know where or when. July. It's July 8th International uh, Fight Week in Vegas. So yeah, let's do it in Vegas. Is that official? Is that official? Right? It's not official, but it's they a talked a contract. Yeah, contract. And Jones even gave respect to the Miocic, who is the greatest heavyweight of all time, most title defenses in the division. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I mean, I'm Dana White's like, I believe in ring rust and Jones, like hold my cocaine beer gun baby and uh hooker and came out there and showed us that ring rust is not a thing. Oh, I don't have anything else. It was, it was exactly how you beat this guy. You get in, get out. You're not paid by the hour. Jones took zero damage and he could fight on a Friday if you wanted to. Can we, okay. Now I need to ask this. And I, yeah, oh man, I definitely need to ask you. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I have to ask him because it's like, how the hell we cannot ask the director this question? But I'm gonna let this video play because I want to hear it if he does or not. I, I mean, is John Jones. That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! <laughs> is he the GOAT? Is he the goat? He is a goat with an asterisk. <laughs> I'm being fair. I don't agree okay. morally with his outside of the cage antics, and that is definitely a measure of what happens inside. Um, but as far as strictly inside the cage, I mean, even inside the cage, I mean, the picogram situation, there are two 
strips of his lightweight title. So I do understand that. Yeah. Uh, so do those cancel out his wins? I, I don't know. Uh, my opinion is that just based on him winning, he's the GOAT. Uh, I, I, I get I get the polarization of the guy. I get it. The guy probably shouldn't have a job, but he does, and he's no one can beat him. If 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 I'm wrong, prove it to me. She'll go in there and fucking take him down, smash him. I'm not, you know. It, I mean, I, I, I it's it's an unfortunate that I wish Ningano would have stayed. I wish he, he turned this fight state. down. People I know. forget he no, turned no, no, down million dollars. I would, Which no, no, was I would, not a lot of money compared to like Tom Brady, but I, I get you know. There's there's so many layers to that topic that you can have a whole yeah. show on just the guy and his everything. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna get into the details of yeah. it. I'm just saying, like, if Nagano would have said yes and taken it right, I definitely would. Like, I'll with all, with no hesitation, I will say that Nagano would definitely beat John Jones. I, I think John Jones my mind. I, I would think I would think I would think John Jones would murder Nagano. I don't think so. I really don't really think so. I uh, the one thing on this is that we got what we wanted. Dana Guy got what he wanted. He got someone to replace Nagano because Nagano, of course, clash your head, like you said, that's another a topic for another time. We're talking about here the main event. Yeah. Now he got his goat. Now he got his number one guy in the heavyweight division. And really, there's not really much people in that division that we could say that could step up to John Jones besides, you know, Miochik, uh, Steepisk. You know, he could he could be the guy. Maybe so. Uh, does he has the capability of maybe defeating Jones? I I he won by an honest opinion. The way how this fight ended very so quick. No, I don't think so because this guy came in 65 pounds heavier, came in with an injury thumb, and they took out the tapes off it. He came back. He went in. And he then went really quick, grabbed that just that's that guillotine choke automatically. Got it. I don't know if video games had something to do with it for him, not fucking focusing really on his training, but I'm not gonna blame that for the game or give that as an excuse. Jones won fair and square. He caught him how it is supposed to be, how he caught him, even though that that, that kick the low blow in the beginning, but Jones stepped that out was, of it. Gone, that was Gon's kick, the Gon kick Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gon, yeah, Gon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 Ghana kicking Jones, and then uh, but Jones snapped out of it very quick. He, he shook it off and right away got to work. Congratulations to John Jones. I'm not saying anything bad about the guy, you know. I, and none of the things that he would have done prior, I would say he he could have been one of the greatest, even though he's the greatest now. But we could have we would have talked to him more highly of him if it wasn't for his personal life. Uh, if you get what I'm saying, like that's the only thing that I I'll say he's a goat, but can, can I say that that like oh my god he's the oh my god I'm not there yet until I and like I said I hope Dana White now can fix this division because he didn't give a shit about this fucking heavyweight division straight the hell out he did not give a shit about it he didn't give a damn if Ed Miocic was a damn champion he didn't give it like no. I, he saw Nagano what he could do. He tried to work with Nagano, but that's a whole different story once again. But now that you have Jones involved in the heavyweight division, we got Milicic. Who else do we have in that division? Number three, we got Sergey Palpich, Curtis Blaze, Tuvasa at five, Tom Espinel six, Spivak at seven. A, I'm sorry, Ivan. This is a terrifying top five, in my opinion. 
that you think that John Jones will, should be intimidated for, honestly? I think no. this one guy that <laughs> no, I'm not. Be, <laughs> Thank I, you. That's my point. That's I think this one. Point. I think this okay. one. Okay. Okay. Sergey Pavlovich definitely is a major threat, and I think Stipe is not that big of an underdog. Uh, everybody else, I think, doesn't have the experience. I think Ty Tuivasa is definitely the second coming of Mark Hunt, where he has got hammers in his hands. But let's see him versus a wrestler, and I think we have. Uh, Tom Aspinall is phenomenal, but he is young and he is green, and John Jones would spit him out like a oh. wood chipper. Curtis Blades has great wrestling, and that's pretty much not going to be enough. Hell Sergey Pavlovich right there to me is the big wild card, with Stipe being a uh, uh, a lead horse as far as candidates and beating Jones. Okay. I think there's another guy that's really a wild card. I believe he's there at eight or nine, Jayotin Almeida. I love this guy. This guy's moving over. Uh, he's, at, he's at 12. He's, he's up 12. Okay. Yeah, he's I have Chris Dawkins at 12, and I don't even know why he's Oh, no, no. Yeah, 13. My bad. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah, 13. 13. Oh, this okay. is the guy. I was like, Chris Dawkins can't even fucking open the cage door for John Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this, guy, this, this guy's getting ready to fight uh, Zarginios Rosenstruck in the next couple months. Every fight lands in and finish via submission. This is a guy that could probably grapple, clinch. And have the strength to go up against uh, John Jones within the clinch. It's just he needs to work on his uh, striking a little bit more because he hasn't had to use it. But that's why I think it's a big wild card because of it's the same thing as Jones. He started out light heavyweight and then he decided to move up to heavyweight. And he's playing guys that are tw- twice as big as him and he's dominating them just like John Jones does. He, he doesn't have the experience. But it took him two fights to get into the top fifteen. That's right. how uh, much they love this uh, this guy in the division. It's going to be a year before he even gets up to that point, which is perfect because you got Pavlovich who's getting ready to fight Blades, which and, got- and which is gonna, probably going to be the next guy gets the 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 next title shot after Stipe, which is great because if you can get Pavlovich to get a great finish on Blades. That's going to sell fights if it's John Jones against Pavlovich, because you got a guy who can match the the reach of John Jones, and then he has the knockout power. He's never been out of the first round. Uh, all of his wins are by first round knockout, and he just destroyed Derek Lewis and destroyed Ty Tuivasa, guys that are on winning streaks before he got to them. And John Jones, like. I saw this fight going the way it did just with how the training of Gon went. I don't think that Gon took this fight serious or he didn't game plan the right way for it. And it made a difference for John Jones. And John Jones took it seriously. He had the training partners. He went back to basics in Albuquerque and he just dominated. Mm. 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 So, I mean, yeah, any other thoughts of you know on the main event, Bakley? Because I mean, there's nothing really much to talk about, honestly. Yeah. There, well, there isn't. There, there really isn't. He just came in. Oh, he hit me in the nuts. Oh, all right, hold on. Catch that is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I think let me. I guess we all could agree that the fight of the night was Neil and Roth, and that, that's pretty much it. Uh, we really that's pretty much we could really. Close it out here, but I mean, director, close it out. Anything else you 
want to comment before we close no, out? No, man. I mean, I think we covered we covered the main card, uh, all of our speculation. We predicted who's fighting who next. The rankings are updated. I usually go to the UFC one. I don't know if they vary. I know UFC obviously follows their own rankings. I know Sherdog probably has a different one. Um, up next, we have uh, – is it already not this Saturday? There's a fight this Saturday for sure, right? Is uh, that- yeah, that's uh, Jan and uh, Peter Jan is fighting in the fight night versus yeah. – uh, Who's he fighting? Uh, Marab uh, Belish. Oh, I know this one. Hold on. I love uh, the Matt Sarah Longo camp. Marab Dervashvili. There you go. There you I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. say it. That's going to be a great fight. I'm glad Peter Jan didn't retire, even though he – anyone who thinks losing to someone should retire should retire. We um, have Alexander Volkov and versus Alexander Romanov. Nikita uh, Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Ricardo Ooh. Ramos, Austin. Uh, Andrews fought too. I like that. Spain it's a catchweight. It's, it's a catchweight fight. It's a catchweight. There's, there's probably good reason, probably because it's short notice. But Ryan Span just knocked out the Dominator like two weeks ago. Yeah, two fifteen is. Uh, oh, that was in November. Oh, wow, that feels like it was fucking recent. Jesus Christ. And Ricardo Ramos, Austin Lingo, and said uh, Numer. I can Numer Come on, man. Saeed Nurmagomedov. It's easy. It's sorry, just 17 sorry. letters. <laughs> I'm sorry, but damn. Jesus. Jonathan Martinez. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, and then, is this that card? Ricardo Ramos. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. What? So after that, we're going to be covering Edwards versus Usman 3. Only one title fight that night. The trilogy comes to a potential end between the two welterweights. This is happening at the O2 Arena in London. This is Edwards' hometown where he has always wanted to main event, and now he gets to do it. I am very proud of that guy. I cannot wait to watch this fight, and I will see you guys at the Prediction Show next Wednesday. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Back to back, baby. We'll be back for another MMA episode. Oh, man. We're going to be predicting predictions for that fight, UFC 286. Edwards and Newsman, baby. I'm looking forward to that one. Gaethje, of course, and Rafael Newsman. Joanne Wood versus Luna Carolina, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbanera, and Marvin Vittori versus Roman uh, Dilitsa. I, I see the fucking battle with last names with these European fucking last names. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm bad at it. I'm very, very bad at it. But there you have it. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us. Of course, you're on the COD and the Bloodline Network. Thank you so much for tuning in here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with another one. But, and of course, are here on the, on the Circle of Mate YouTube channel. We'll be back Saturday for New Japan show as we'll be re- recapping the New Japan, New Japan Cup round one. And on Sunday, we'll be here for episode 143. 144. We'll be here. Enjoy the rest of your evening, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. There's a host of DBs one I've been seeing, of course, along with the director, the director himself, the one and only that takes us here everywhere, anywhere, because he is. The man with, hey, I want this perfect, all right? So fuck it up. Because, yes, don't fuck it up. Because he's going to give you the Italian. What? Oh, the fish, man. That's <laughs> the way he does. <laughs> and of course, the man with the man with the IQs that Ghana needs to go back and stop playing video games. Start paying attention to Cage My IQ on his YouTube channel as well. Because <laughs> he does give a lot of, he gave his predictions for this weekend's fight night. Go to Cage My IQ on YouTube. He gave his predictions for that fight for Visvip and Peter Jans. The whole card for that one coming up this Saturday. Look at it now. Subscribe right below the description. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you guys 
on the next one. Peace.